Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is going on, everybody, and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show, sponsored by Bet365. I am your host, Josh Harris. As you're coming in, make sure to smash that like button. Make sure to subscribe. It helps keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, and much more. So you guys know the drill there. Joining me, as always, uh, partner in crime, fourth year together, full-time. I can't believe it's our fourth season together already. It feels like. I don't know, man. It's so weird, like, because I – I worked with some of these same people back at the old fan vice days. So I think this is like my seventh season doing YouTube videos. It's just, I was like, I was just, I had a full head of hair when we started. A lot less gray in the beard, but uh, yeah. Um, always excited to be here. Um, really like a huge 12 game slate here tonight, but there's some pretty interesting matchups for the big boys for the, uh, you know, the McDavid's and the Matthews of the world. So um, not really that cut and dry on who to stack. And, um, you know, looking at our ownership real quick this morning, our first round of ownership, there's not a single winger on the slate on dra- on the DraftKings slate with 10% projected ownership or higher. So seems like things are going to be pretty spread out. And I like those kinds of slates. Yeah, um, this should be an interesting one. I initially thought there was going to be certain teams with a lot higher ownership and maybe it moves throughout the day. Um you know, we have uh, our guys working behind the scenes on that kind of stuff. Our, I guess the secret's out of the bag. Um, I'll say it. I was going to say it anyway. He probably was going to kill me anyway, but he said something in the NHL chat. Jake's wife went into labor this morning, so he's going to be expecting Papa uh, today, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. I mean, if that labor goes in tomorrow. <laughs> Poor Mrs. Harry. Yeah, um, be a real tough time for her. Yeah. But, uh Yeah. We have so we have our uh, data team working on uh, top stacks and all that kind of stuff. So we'll get uh, I'm sure we'll get updates throughout the show. But congrats to Jake. Congrats to his wife. That is exciting. And uh, 
if he's looking at me, he'll uh, be joining me with the uh, big old bags under the eyes. Yeah, I, I was I was kind of wondering if you if he'd be sitting like in the waiting room or whatever, uh, watching us on the show while she's going to labor. I was thinking like that'd be a little bit too much. Like maybe he could just take the whole day off or something. But uh, no, congrats to them. Um, I'm sure he's gonna have uh, many sleepless nights ahead of him. Yeah, Jake's a good guy. I would have went down to the lobby, but you know. <laughs> No, actually, I wouldn't have, but uh, I probably would have. Yeah, but, I, uh, <laughs> I hope your wife isn't watching this. She probably isn't. And uh, her mom's upstairs, too. So if they are watching this, I'm going to walk upstairs into a hornet's nest. But it's all right. Uh, I cook them meals, okay? Anyway, um, let's get into the slate. It is a 12-game. Oh, yeah, she is. She's in the chat. She is not happy. Yeah, there she is. Uh, calling me by my full name. I did not leave the room, okay? Man, there's, there's no going back now, so you made your bed. I can't even make my bed. My back hurts so bad right now. But anyway, uh, before we get into this slate, um, let's talk a little bit about, I think the other night we got a message. I think it was, was no, it was last night's slate, LA's Armley. Elway's army shipping the uh, the five dollar poke check special yep. for five thousand. Give us a shout out on DraftKings. Congrats to you, man! You've been on a heater this season. Everyone's saying hello to Mrs. Harris in the in the chat. She's a lot friendlier than I am. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. This is this is <laughs> this is uh, Dave's um, Dave's uh, lineup. The interesting part is going the double defenseman. Um, that's something that we haven't talked about a lot on the show this year. It's something that we do do once we do use once in a while, like the power play defenseman, and then maybe his partner or uh, somebody else that plays the power play with him. Um, you know, like Gosses Bear Cedar in Detroit or something like that. Like it is something, especially on a shorter slate, that's very very viable. So um, good roster construction for him. Congrats on your hit, uh, Dave. Hopefully. Either Dave or somebody else can do the exact same thing again here tonight. Yeah, it's always good to start the show talking about wins in our community, even if they aren't ours. You know what I mean? We say it all the time. We're here to help other people. Yeah, we like winning, but we also like when you win, too. Um, we should probably get into the slate. It is 12 games, and there are a lot of good spots tonight. What we do, let's talk a little bit about Sleeper Fantasy. You can get up to a $100 first deposit match. All you have to do is go to stochastic.com backslash promo dash bonuses slash sleeper dash fantasy. We have a free square for you guys tonight since it is Thursday night football. Derek Henry over half a rush yard. It's a free square. You get odds on the over and the under. So you can stack over and the under. You can win up to 100x the payouts, the highest payouts on the DFS market. You can also place in-game contests. They have a lot of stack categories. They have, you know, double doubles for NBA, double double triple doubles for NBA. Uh, MLB just ended, but they had home runs, triple stolen bases, and that. Congrats to the Texas Rangers and our good pal Saul Goodman for having almost ten grand in futures on them. Um, they also have dynamic payouts. What are dynamic payouts? You ask. In short, each player projection now has a multiplier attached to it, as opposed to a preset. Multipliers based on the number of legs in a contest. So, if the minimum deposit there is twenty dollars, but you can get up to a hundred dollars first deposit, first deposit match. All you have to do is go to Stochastic.com, look for Sleeper Fantasy. Uh, they have the offer there 
and sign up through that link. And it's a great time to do it with the Derrick Henry over half rushing yard tonight. Basically a free square. You get free money there. So check it out. Let's get into this slate here. Um, first game of the night. Tampa Bay Lightning with a 3.6 total heading into Columbus. The Blue Jackets have a three total. Thank you, Cliffy, for putting that picture on. I for, I, I think I forgot to put it where you asked me to. You still had it anyway. Judging by your face, that is the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what we're here for. Pick each other up, right? Yeah. Appreciate it. I had a little bit chaotic morning, and now I just made myself my afternoon a little bit crazier by – never mind. Tampa Bay <laughs> – Surprisingly enough, in our first round of ownership, the two highest owned lines in this game in the on the slate are in this game. Columbus top line coming with a projected ownership of eight percent per our top stacks tool. Boone Jenner, Johnny Gaudreau, Jack Rosovic. I kind of get it because they're only sixteen thousand five hundred. They're pretty cheap for a top line. The defensive numbers for Tampa Bay isn't great. Like Jonas Johansson has been better than expected. He's still not Andre Vasilevsky. And the other line in this game that is projected at 8% is the Hegel Sorelli Tanner Janot line. Uh, they're 10,900. They're going to get, you know, Columbus depth. So I kind of get that. 8% is a little high for it, like really high in a 12 game slate for a depth line. But I'm kind of interested in power play stacking the. The Lightning here, 3.6 road total is very high. It's just like I, I don't know if I'm going to prioritize this game. I understand it. There are six and a half going on a seven. There's just in my single entry, there are a couple seven over unders on this slate that I prefer more. But I, I honestly think if you're 20 maxing, you should have some of both sides in this game. Yeah, I agree. And just to, you know, kind of highlight what you're saying, I'll bring up the top stacks. Like, we're not kidding um, about the ownership. On Tampa Bay, there's Tampa Bay three, Hagel, Sorelli, Janot, 0.6% top two percentage, 8% ownership. That is high for a third line, any third line on a 12-game slate. Um, the fact that Tampa Bay has the highest road total, I think, is part of it. Another thing is, I was sharing some scoring chance stats in our Discord earlier today. Brandon Hagel, his scoring chance contributions, which are like his own scoring chances plus assists he has on a teammate scoring chance are amongst the league leaders for forwards like inside the top 15 I think top 15 forwards like we're talking like dry sidle Sidney Crosby range and the interesting part about that is he rated very highly last year but he played a lot of the season next to Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point so it was pretty easy to pass it off as um, you know playing with Kucherov and Point is is going to boost some of your underlying stats but he's played almost no time with him this year. He spent most of the season on the second line with Stamkos. Now he's down. He's been down on the third line. He just seems like he's been turning into a really, really good player. And I think his ability to carry a line, on, you know, with Sorelli, he's a top six center. He hasn't been off to a great start this season. And then Janot is usually a pretty good volume shooter. Like, I kind of get it. But by the same token, I am way more inclined to play Tampa Bay one here. Um like you mentioned the, the Columbus depth not being very good defensively. And that's, you know, they aren't <laughs> um, <laughs> the top line's not either. Uh, like if you look at Jack Rosovic and Johnny Gojo's numbers, when they're on the ice together over the last couple of years, since Gojo got to Columbus, they're just bad. I mean, this year alone, we're looking 
at three and a half expected goals against for 60 minutes, which is terrible. And if you go back to last year, it's about the same. So they're this Columbus shutdown line, they're not shutting down anything. So I'm pretty interested in going to a Tampa one line that's under 20K. They've been playing very well with Alex Barry Boulette there. The defensive numbers have improved, which is one of the notable things. Like defense doesn't really matter when you're picking your, your stack. But one thing it, it shows is that they're not spending a lot of time pinned in their own zone. So they can turn the puck over and get it going the other way. 3.4 expected goals, four per 60 minutes with Barry Boulette there. Generating 73 shot attempts per 60. Like they're just really good. So for me, it's Tampa 1 here. Like if you want to make it a power play stack, take off Barry Boulette, put on Stamkos or something like that. I think that's perfectly perfectly fine. Um you know, Tampa's not drawing a ton of power play opportunities, but the Columbus penalty kill isn't very good. So I do get it, but it is Tampa Bay one that I like best here. I I have no problem with going to the Columbus side. I just think they're coming in a little bit over-owned um, for what they can do. Um, 8% ownership at that price. Like, that's not something where I'm like, oh, you have to go out and play them. Um, I do think there are other lines in play at that price. Like, at the very end of the slate, we'll... Uh, the show we'll talk about Vancouver. Like there's two lines there. I think I'd rather play. So for me, I think it's Tampa one. I'd like the most turn it into a power play stack if you want. Yeah. I mean, power play stack is what I'd lean to if I was doing Tampa, but you can leave Barry uh, Boulette there. I mean, he's looked like he's belonged up there, which he hadn't in the past few years. Hopefully he sticks. Um, that would help Tampa out a lot. Let's move on to the next game. There's a lot of big totals coming up in a row here. The Florida Panthers with a 3.4 total heading into the Trois. The Wings have a 3.2 total. Um, Sam Bennett is week to week after coming back and getting hurt again. That sucks. Um, looks like um, Anton Lundell is going to be centering the second line of Verhage and Kachuk. What that does for that line instead of E2 lose to Ryan, I think it makes them a tiny bit better offensively and a tiny bit worse defensively. I don't think it makes a massive difference. Um, Lundell probably has the highest upside between the two. He just hasn't shown it recently. So from a micro perspective, will he show it tonight? If you play Florida 2, you're going to find out. But at the same time, this is a... Evan Rodriguez also was practicing this morning after missing practice yesterday with a minor thing. He's in. Um, so this is interesting because there's just tons of options on the slate and there's going to be tons of lines coming in between like three and 6%. Both Florida lines projected around 5%. I think this is another good night to go back to Detroit run. This is a pretty good matchup. Like I know the Barkov line has been pretty good and I know the Kachuk line has been good, but at the same time, Florida is very high event. They take a lot of penalties. Uh, this is another game. If th- This slate is a 150 max paradise because I want both sides of this game as well, especially like on the Detroit side, it's probably just going to be the top line. Like you want to go to that second line a little bit? Sure, fine. But to me, I think Florida one's in play, Florida two's in play, and Detroit one is definitely in play. Yeah, it- I have no interest in the Detroit depth. Like that comfort cop or comfort cop line has been just terrible defensively this year. Three expected goals against, three actual goals against. They're 
Um, shot attempts for and against, they're at like 41% of the share. Like they're just getting ran over. Um, you know, Perron's still on the top power play unit. So if you want to put him in a Detroit power play stack, I think that's fine. I think it's interesting to see Detroit coming in with 2.7% ownership. Like we see the hot start that they've been off to and they are shooting way too high. They're over 16% shooting as a line, like elite lines in a season will be like between 11 and 12%. Pretty good lines will be like 10, 11%. So obviously they're way above that. Um, a couple problems with that Detroit top line. One, Alex DeBrincat's only had one game this season with over 18 and a half minutes of ice time. Like that's not like for a top line, that's really not a lot. Um, the other problem is, is um, like Lucas Raymond's on the second power play unit. So you're not getting perfectly correlated by the same token under 3% at home. And here's the thing is they have a lower total than Florida does, but it's still 3.2 and a 3.2 total. When you have basically your top three offensive players all on the same line would indicate to me that at least the betters think that if, Detroit gets the three, four goals, it's going to be the top line that's going to do a lot of the damage, right? So that's what's kind of leaning me to the Detroit side of things here and not so much Florida. It's not that I don't like this matchup for Florida. I think it's a tremendous matchup uh, for the Florida Panthers. <laughs> like, let's not get it twisted. I don't think, I think Detroit overcooked a little bit in October. I think they're going to come crashing back down to earth here a little bit. It is the second line for Florida I would probably lean to. Just because I don't think it's a great power play spot for the Panthers, like it's fine. Like they should draw a few power plays. Detroit's penalty kill has been good, but a lot of it's been the goaltending. I think there's going to be some regression there too. But it's that Florida second line is going to get that cop comfort Perron line. <laughs> it's just not good. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like it's just not a good line. And Kachuk and Lundell um, have very very good numbers going back. Um, uh, going back to last year, 4.4 expected goals for 3.8 actual goals for defensive numbers. Well, like much better than league average. So it's not like they're trading chances. They're just, you know, like Homer Simpson choking the other lines. So I think they're going to do that to Detroit tonight. So I like Florida two here in this one, Florida one's perfectly fine. They're perfectly correlated. Um, they've been playing well. I think they're certainly fine to use. It is Florida two. I like best. I think Detroit won, considering their ownership and the goal total that the team is carrying, I think Detroit won might be my favorite line in this game. Yeah, and I, I agree with you on Florida one. I think they're a fine play. Reinhardt's been playing out of his mind recently, whether that regresses or not. I mean, I don't know. Like, he, It's nice to see him actually play well with Barkov for once, and he might actually pick there. Well, and just play on the top line. Like He had spent a lot of time down on the third line trying to you know lengthen the roster. Um they're putting him with better players now, which is nice to see. I'm sure he's excited about that. Yeah. Also like Panarin and Mika Zibanejan, like Reinhardt and Barkov never played well together until this season. So I guess it could happen. Yeah. Just please, please don't put Panarin and Zibanejan together. <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. The Los Angeles King. I love this game. The yeah. Los Angeles Kings with a three, bless you, Avery, with a 3.4 total heading into Ottawa. The Senators have a 3.5 total. How awesome was it that Evgeny Dadanov scored last night? <laughs> Sens lose a draft pick because of that trade. He comes out and scores. Yeah. It's like the classic NHL right there. Yeah. But anyway, I, I really like this game. There is not a ton of ownership on this game. There is one line 
over 5% projected, and it's the Deneau, Kaliev, Trevor Moore line. Like that line's always going to get ownership because they're a third line. They're always super cheap, and they don't really play third line minutes, and they're a very good third line. Um, but for me in this game, I really like Ottawa 1 here. Uh, I also like the Fiala, uh, Pierre Lock Dubois line, uh, 14,500 on the road. Like, yeah, Ottawa is very good offensively, that top line, but they're also really bad defensively. Uh, LA hasn't been exactly elite defensively. Their goaltending has been at the bottom of the NHL. I, again. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're 150 maxing, I want a boatload of lines in this game on both sides, so... Who you, who you liking the best out of this game? Because there is a lot to choose from. <laughs> yeah, I, it is the Ottawa top line I like here. I'm really glad that you said them. For this reason, is the, the Ottawa top line, they did well last year, obviously. Like Stutzla had over over 90 points. Um, you know, Kachuk uh, racked up goals, shots like crazy. The problem was is that they couldn't really finish like a top line should. Like I was saying earlier, You'll see elite top lines between like 11 and 12% season is, you know, in, in, a, in a season, really good ones between 10 and 11%. They were like between eight and nine, which is, you might see like a good defensive second line be like that. That's not where you want your top line to be. So far this season, they're shooting 10% as a line. And what that means is that they're scoring five goals every 60 minutes of five on five time. That That's basically a goal a game, just a five on five. And again, that's shooting 10%. If they finish the season at 10%, it would be perfectly in range for their talent. It's nothing that would scream regression or anything like that. They're just generating so much offense. 4.1 expected goals per 60 minutes. They're just generating so much offense that they don't even need to shoot 12, 13, 14% to have a sky-high goal rate. Now, there's two confounding problems. One... Ottawa's literally missing half their blue line, right? Yeah. Artem Zub has been ruled out. Thomas Shabbat and Eric Branstrom don't look like they're going to be back anytime soon. That Not only does that hurt the team defensively, obviously, it limits the puck movers that they have in the lineup. Like, Thomas Shabbat is probably their best puck mover. Um, Eric Branstrom is a good puck mover from the third pair. Like, if you look at Ottawa's defensive ice time in the last game, the third pair were AHLers that they called up and they played, like, eight minutes, right? It's because they, they can't rely on those guys like they could with Branstrom. So, it's a wonder if they can keep generating offense the way they have with half the defense core missing, including probably two of their four best puck movers. So, I think that is a question. By the same token, on our top stacks tool, 4% ownership, 
12% top two stack leverage of almost 8%. Like that is really, really good for a top line. Like they're not perfectly correlated on the power play. I don't think they need to be now that they're actually scoring well enough at five on five. So I really do like that Ottawa top line. If people want to dip down to the second line, like you do get Norris and Batherson, uh, both on the top power play unit. My problem with the second line is that there's no playmakers there. And it was nice. I saw a thread by um, David Johnson. He might not be familiar to a lot of people, but he was a big hockey analytics guy when it was first starting out in the late 2000s, early 2010s. I think he's with an NHL team now, or he was anyway. He was talking about this, basically the same thing last night, that they put Stutzler and Giroux on the same line, by far the team's two best playmakers. I don't think there's a playmaker there on the second line that can really create against what's been a pretty good Los Angeles team. So it's Ottawa one for me. On the other side, it's Los Angeles two. I don't have any problem with any of the top three Los Angeles lines. Let's, I just want to be clear with that. I think that all three are firmly in play, even at their ownership rates. I don't like, I don't really care. The reason I'm going with Los Angeles too, is because they're going into that second line that I think is going to have that. I think is going to struggle defensively, especially with all the defensemen that they are missing. Um, And that King's second line, 3.8 goals per 60 minutes so far this year, generating over three uh, goal expected goals per 60 minutes. You get two out of three guys on top power play unit, and the top power play is getting more ice time or a larger share of the ice time than they were last year. Last year was like a 55-45 split. This year it's closer to like 65-35. So it's LA2 for me that I like best on the Los Angeles side. Um, But like I said, I think all three Kings lines are in play, but it is Ottawa 1 that's kind of catching my eye here. Uh, Especially where, sorry, last thing. These are the two teams drawing the most power plays in the league. Uh, Ottawa's at 4.75 power plays per game, I think. And I think the Kings are at like 4.6, 4.5. So there could be nine, 10 power plays in this game, which is why I think uh, as much as I like LA three, I want to get as many guys on, if I'm playing Los Angeles, I want to make sure I have at least two guys on the top power play unit in this one. Yeah. And you know, Chabot is their be- uh, best Ottawa puck mover on the blue line, but I doubt Ottawa one's going to not be on the ice with one of, without one of Sanderson or Chikrin. Right. That's that's kind of how it works, though, is that they have them on different pairings now so that one of Chicker or Sanderson is basically always on the ice. So yeah. it should work out well enough. And then that one or those one or two shifts where the HL guys are on the ice, it's just going to be fire wagon hockey. Yeah. I mean, and 10 percent is fine for them. Like Brady Kachuk is just a wildly high volume shooter. So like him shooting 10 percent is actually like that's really good for him. Yeah. But uh, Stutzel is shooting like like well below his average so far this season. Right? Yeah, he's yeah. at he's at like five and a half percent or something like that, or six percent. It's it's like half his his career average. So even that's he's got still to on pace for like hundred points. Like he's ridiculous. Oh man, I feel bad seeing that super chat because I forgot to mention him from the other night. Nineteen ninety nine super chat from CPS DFS. Thanks again for all the content, boys. First time taking down the top shelf the other night, and got to give thanks. Watching the show and reading Cliff's article every day has changed my game. Let's keep it rolling. Congrats to you, man. Uh, I tried staying awake for that one. I'm old and in pain, so like I passed out. But um, yeah, sh- the first time you're in contention for winning the uh, 333, whether it's a two-game slate, a 12-game slate, it's always gets the uh, the heart pump in there. So congrats to you. Uh, you've been grinding really hard this year, so had a lot of fun in the in the discord keep it going yeah big congrats uh, um 
I feel bad that I took a super chat to remember. Cause I'm, like I'm with you, we probably should have remembered to do that. But yeah, uh, really nice night uh, from you. Thanks for for the kind words. Hopefully, uh, you can get a couple more nights just like that over the rest of the season. Yeah, don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go from a seven total to a five and a half, shall we? Carolina Hurricanes with a two point seven total heading into Madison Square Garden. The Rangers have a 2.8 total. These games are like Carolina going into Madison Square Garden is always a funky game. Um, for some reason, Carolina has Natchez down the fourth line. Now, like one of Svechnikov, Teravine, and Natchez are going to rotate there. I was expecting Teravine just to hang out there for a while because he doesn't play too much, but he's been playing much better this season than he did last season. Um yeah, that's kind of interesting. But like Aho, Svechnikov, Jarvis being back together gets it tickles the fancy. They're coming in with no ownership at all. The problem is it's they're going into the Rangers' top line. The Rangers have been very good defensively this season. They're going to get the Fox pairing, Igor's in net. It's a five and a half total on a twelve game slate where there's multiple seven totals. You know what I mean? So like this this game as a whole kind of falls into the. Uh, I'm not going to jam them, but if I happen to get them in my fantasy crunches organically, I'll leave them. You know what I mean? If anything, I think my favorite line in this game would be the Rangers' top line because they're going to get that Aho line. They're going to avoid the Cockneyemi line. Now, Cockneyemi has not been very good defensively this year, so if you want to go to the Hedo line, that's fine. But, like, ah, this game is screams MME to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's exactly what our top stack says. 0.1% ownership on all um, Carolina lines. Like, no ownership there. The thing is, is, like, I, get, I there is a case for playing Carolina 1 just because, like, absolutely nobody will be playing them. But with the ownership so spread out today, it's like, why not go play a line like Detroit 1 that's only going to be, like, 2 or 3% or something like that? You know what I mean? A Detroit line that's at home to Florida rather than on the road against Shesterkin, you know? Like, that's just kind of the, the, the problem I'm running into is, like, if this were a slate where, you know, Colorado and Edmonton were in just complete smash spots and they're coming in 15% owned or something like that, it'd be like, yeah, maybe I might take that chance. But if I can get a bunch of really good top lines, like we'll get to Edmonton later. Edmonton might come in at like 5%. Like I'll, I'll just, I'd just rather do that. Like that's just kind of where I'm at. So uh, nothing uh, from the Carolina side for me. I will mention on, Fan, on FanDuel, Svechnikov is still not priced up. He's at $3,600 again. Um, so I think that line is like 15000 on FanDuel, which is just absolutely insane. So um I think there's definitely a case uh, to be made for playing them there where they're so cheap, um, not on DraftKings. On the Rangers side, um, the top line, they're not scoring is the problem. So they're relying on the power play to really get the job done. And Carolina is typically one of the best penalty kill teams in the league. Um, they are again this year. The problem is, is their goaltending has really let them down, not only on the penalty kill, but basically at every single strength that exists. Um, as long as their goaltending, you know, doesn't play like they have skate guards on, it, it seems hard to imagine that the Rangers are going to get there at five on five. So I think I kind of agree with the five and a half total here. Like I cert I don't mind taking one-off players. Like if you want to bargain dive and go one-off Lafreniere, 
or, you know, just go, you know, throwing a one-off Zibanejad in case, you know, you were saying the other day, he does, he does put up points in bunches and that's been the case for his last couple of games. So something like that, I have no problem with. I just don't think there's anything here that I've been any interest in full stacking. Yeah. Like if you don't watch a ton of Rangers games, um, one thing I've noticed with Panarin is he's been going to the net a lot more this season. So I don't mind a one-off Panarin. Like he's been, I don't, maybe he wasn't healthy last year. We just, we'll never know. But like. I just, I, just I, I honestly think it's just the way they're being coached. They're just yeah, being yeah. coached to play a completely different style of hockey. And you're seeing the results. It's working pretty well. Yeah. Better than John Hines. Sign up in the, using the link in the description box below to get access to the best the best NHL data and tools in the industry. You get player and ownership projections, the top stacks tools, the line combinations that we bring up on the show all the time. And you get the most thing, the most important thing, you get access to our Discord. Uh, lots of sharp minds in there. We're always willing to help. Uh, you can even get recipes from Haas who like, I don't know. He sometimes drops cooking videos in there. Bit ridiculous, but we love him. Um, but yeah, make sure to click that link in the description below. You can get weekly or monthly. Uh, you get access to everything we have free. Cliffy's article almost every day. The show five on days where there's five games or more. That's always going to be free. Then the premium stuff, players and ownership projections, top stacks, tools, line combos, and Discord. Uh, weekly is $19.99. And then you can also do monthly. You can also add on Fantasy Cruncher and go from there. So what are you waiting for? Let's like when Stefani. Yeah. What you're waiting, what you wait. No, okay. I, I, I know, but like I'm I'm sure the average age in this chat is a lot younger than we are. And they they probably don't even remember that Gwen Stefani was in no doubt. Well, yeah, she's just the person on what is it, the voice or one yeah. of those shows? Like, I don't know. Yeah. And Jake probably doesn't even know what no doubt is, but he's he's busy in the in the room right now. He's not downstairs in the lobby watching the show. Let's get to another five and a half total that I wish wasn't on the slate. New York Islanders with a 2.9 total heading into Washington. The Capitals have a 2.6 total. Uh, your assumption about Nicholas Backstrom was correct. He has stepped away from the team indefinitely because of the hip problems. And if you watch the Capitals game, he was any Capitals game. He couldn't move. So I think he's doing the team a favor. Granted, their center depth doesn't get better without him. <laughs> like, whoever's replacing him. I mean, you know. I think Connor McMichael's a better option at this point. It's just kind of the yeah. way it is. Yeah. I think, okay. Yeah. <sighs> I want to not play this game, but at the same time, right? <laughs> Dylan, Dylan Strom and Alex Ovechkin have pretty good numbers together and Tom Wilson with Tom Wilson up there. They've been pretty, pretty good. They're at home. Now the Islanders have been taking a bit more penalties than they have been historically the past few years. Also their penalty kill is middle of the pack, which is very unlike them. Uh, I, I think like, I, I'm not going to run out and be like, man, I'm going to lock in 2.6 Washington capitals, top line at home on a 12 game slate and final lineup. But I, th I think there is merit to going to that top line here tonight. And we saw Horvat kind of break out a little bit the other day that was at home. But I, I, I do think the Islanders top line is also in play. 
Yeah, um, it is the Washington side I want to start with. Uh, you mentioned the numbers for uh, Strom and Ovechkin. They had pretty good – they generated quite a bit last year. They they just kind of had the problem that Ottawa's top line did where they weren't scoring as much based off the number of shots and expected goals that they were generating. But it's not been the case for Washington's top line so far this year. 75 minutes with Ovechkin and Strom on the ice. 3.1 expected goals, 3.9 actual goals per 60 minutes. That's really good. And they're doing that while shooting under 10%. Like, it's perfectly reasonable. Like, they're very much in line with the amount of offense that they've been generating. What I will note is the last couple games have been against Minnesota and San Jose. So maybe, you know, that skews things a little bit. I'm going to come back um, and win San Jose, too. Yeah. They're losing late in the third period. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> um, but the other thing is 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 the ice time, right? Dylan Strom, I think he's been over 21 minutes for four straight games now. Where like a few years ago, it seemed impossible he was going to be anything more than like a 14, 15 minute low end second liner. He's basically just a full on top line center now. Um, I kind of like the Washington second line a little bit better though. That's the issue here is Washington uses the Kuznetsov line in a shutdown role. And that means going up uh, against Washington's top line uh, or New York Islanders top line here tonight. Um, the New York Islanders top line is giving up almost 39 shots against per 60 minutes of five on five. That's horrific. Like there's no other way around it. Scott Mayfield looks like he's probably going to be back for the Islanders tonight. I think maybe that helps their defense out a little bit. Um, but that's a terrible defensive number. In fact, the line has been playing so bad. Bo Horvath got moved down the lineup in the last game, if I'm not mistaken. Oliver Wallstrom took his spot. Or the it game. Barzell. It, was Barzell. it was Barzell in two straight games moving down. Okay, Barzell, sorry. Yeah, so this isn't a line that's playing well. And Kuznetsov, I think it's back-to-back games with over 25 minutes of ice time. And again, Minnesota and San Jose. So I'm kind of digging the Washington second line here. I think Kuznetsov's even fine to use just as a one-off because he's what, like 4,400 or 4,100 on DraftKings, about uh, just a little bit more expensive on FanDuel. And if you're going to play 25 minutes, including top power play time at that price range, I think he's perfectly fine as a one-off. I think TJ Oshie might be kind of (laughs) cooked, to be honest. So uh, maybe you don't have to play him, but, um, you know, he's on the power play as well. So a two-man of Kuznetsov and Oshie is fine. You know, Kuznetsov and Sonny Milano, who's going to be on that line, I think that's fine. I think it's – if you want to just throw Ovechkin on there because he's going to be on the power play with him, do like a Kuznetsov-Oshie-Ovechkin stack, I think that's perfectly fine as well. I think it's Washington too I like best here. I'm not going to be playing anything from the Islander side in this one. Um, it's probably the second line I like best, Engvall, Palmieri, and Nelson. They've really been generating a, a, a lot, and they've been playing extremely well. Um, I'd probably be more inclined to just two-man stack Nelson and Palmieri, but I think it's Washington, too, I like in this game. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree with that. I do like the top lines in this game, though. Horvat has been playing on the penalty kill as well. He's been shooting the puck more, which had been an issue earlier this season. But, yeah, this isn't a game that I'm – Super high on I mean, priority. The, the Islanders' top line Let's is going to break. Our favorite. Oh, I'm sorry. Just one, real quick, like Barzal's at almost That's four shots per game. If you look at what he did last year, he didn't have any goals in October, 
And then I think over his next 25 games, he had like eight goals and 24 points or something like that. So like this line is going to come alive. It's just, I want to keep picking on them until they do. Like it's one of those, I'm going to pe- keep picking against them until they prove me wrong. Like that's just kind of where I'm at. That's more than fair. Let's talk about our favorite bottom six in the NHL. The Toronto Maple Leafs with a three total heading into Boston. The Bruins have a 2.9 total. Boston going at the top line of Portois. I probably messed that up. Pavel Zaka and David Pasternak. They're keeping him in the NHL, which is probably a good thing. I mean, he's 19. Um, he's not going back down. Second line of Marchand, DeBrus, Coyle. Third line of JVR, Morgan Geeky, and Trent Frederick. I don't have a ton of interest in this game outside of the Boston top line. Um, like the Toronto bottom six is garbage, but like, I really don't want to on a 12 game slate stack Trent Frederick, Morgan geeky and James Van Riegs. Like, I guess you can one off one of those guys. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you, like, the Boston top line's fine for me. Uh, the, if I was playing probably 20 lineups, they'd be in my mix. One lineup, it's going to be tough for me to get there at 19-4. On the t- t- Toronto side, like, I don't know, man. Like, if they have a three-road total, it's fine. But if anything, it would be Toronto, too. But Boston one's my favorite in this game. It's Toronto, too, that I'm looking at here. Yeah. Boston's missing half their blue line. Charlie McAvoy suspended. Matt Grizzlick is on the IR. And they announced today that Derek Forbort's not going to be playing tonight. Kevin Shattenkirk is now the number two defenseman in Boston. It <laughs> got deuces, baby. Rangers legend. I, I, I like Shattenkirk as a player. He's not a number two defenseman at this point of his career. So I imagine Hampus Lindholm is going to get a ton of minutes up against the Austin Matthews line. And the Austin Matthews line, they got to figure something out, man. Since Jaron Kroc got there, 52 shot attempts per 60 minutes. Like, I, like that would be... That would be bad for some third lines in the league. And this is you know the who, Do you know who they should put up there? Pierre Engvall. <laughs> That's a top one. Um, oh, God. Uh, so as long as, um, you know, Lindholm goes out against the Matthews matchup, there's not really a lot left to go up against Tavares and Nylander. And Tavares and Nylander have been really, really good so far this season, even with – Tyler Bertuzzi there, 3.2 expected goals for 67 shot attempts for 60 minutes. I did see Tyler Bertuzzi got kind of benched last game. I think he had like one shift in the final 10 or 12 minutes or something like that. So I don't know if you necessarily have to play him. 
I wonder if he if he's viewing this as like a revenge game though. Like he was in Boston last year, like for for that stretch run or so, or something like that, and they couldn't sign him. Um, but it's you know with that line playing so well, and Nylander's just been absolutely supernova to start this season. Basically, a continuation of the end of last season. And Tavares is up near four shots per game. I think I like Toronto too in this one. And there's no ownership on them. I was looking at top stacks earlier. It's like two to three percent. They're going to avoid Lindholm. I really don't care what forward line they match up against at that point. So Toronto too for me in this game. I don't think there's anything I want to play on the Boston side. I say that Ilya Samsonov is starting. He's had a pretty tough start to the season. I think a David Pasternak one-off makes all the sense in the world on this slate where there's a lot of mid-price lines you can play. Um, you know, double center top line is not going to be that popular either. So I think Boston one's fine to use for those reasons, but I think it's Toronto two actually kind of liking this game the best. Man, on Halloween, the Leafs look pathetic against the Kings. But you know. I mean, the Kings are wagging, the Leafs are not. Yeah, the Kings get a goaltender at the deadline. Look at. It. I mean, maybe they'll be at Joseph Wool. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. New Jersey Devils with a 3.4 total heading into Minnesota. The Fighting Boldies have a 3.3 total. Matt Boldy is back. It's back. Devils take one injury, and now Michael McLeod, second-line center. Their center depth is a bit iffy. <laughs> Man, per our top stacks, the highest probability of a top two stack tonight is the Devils' top line at almost 22%. They're coming in with projected ownership around 6%. They're going to see a lot of that Joel Erickson neck line and a lot of that Boldy and a lot of that Marcus Johansson. And man, for 6,600 cheaper. I'd rather just play Joel Erickson, Matthew Boldy, and Marcus Johansson than that Devil's top line. I think the Devil's top line is fine, right? I'm not going to make a – this isn't Joel Erickson, Marcus Foligno, and Jordan Greenway of three years ago. That line is still very good defensively. But, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, on a 12-game slate, I'm going to take the most expensive line going into one of the best defensive centers in the NHL – and be profitable. Like maybe it works tonight, 23,400, because the Wild aren't very good defensively. Uh, their goalies haven't been great. Their penalty kill hasn't been great. So, yeah, from that perspective, sure, you can play Devils 1. They're fully correlated, and they're going to get a bunch of power play opportunities. But at a five-on-five five matchup, I think this favors the Erickson Eck line. They're coming in with 4% ownership at 16,800. I think I like them the best. And then without Nico Heischer, I think you go to the Minnesota top line here as well. Their center depth just is not very good. So I like the Minnesota side more here. Yeah, I I do like the Minnesota side more. I agree with you. Here's the problem with New Jersey. I, like I, I'm with you. I have no problem playing them here tonight, especially with Minnesota kind of looking really bad defensively to start the season. Like, let's face facts. They need Spurgeon. Yeah, they do. One, Minnesota doesn't take a ton of penalties, and that's where New Jersey has really, really done a lot of damage this year. Like, Jesper Bratt, I think, like, nine of his points or something like that have come on the power play so far this season. Like, it has been the power play that's carried New Jersey's offense quite a bit. Only 3.1 times shorthanded uh, for Minnesota per game. That's about a half power play game 
per game less than than uh, league average. Now the penalty kill has struggled, so New Jersey can probably go two for two or something like that here tonight pretty easily. Um, but they're more expensive than the Edmonton top line, and Edmonton's at home to a back-to-back Dallas team. Like that's kind of where I'm running into a problem. Is like, do I want to play rested Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl at home? Um, against the New Jersey line, missing Nico Hishier, wondering what that, you know, what that could do to the rest of the lineup. Obviously, they're probably going to have to play a ton of minutes. That's a big part of it. But I do like uh, both Minnesota lines here. Um, I'll bring up top stacks again just to kind of show everybody. We do have the Minnesota top line, 12% on DraftKings, top two stack, only 5% ownership. A little bit over-owned on the second line, but uh, really nothing to write home about. I do like that second line because Jack Hughes and Timo Meyer, like there is a reason Meyer was not playing on his line um, up until his got hurt. And that's because they started the season together and were absolutely terrible together. Um, so far this season, 2.9 uh, expected goals against for the top line uh, getting out chanced this, any New Jersey top six line getting out chanced with the way that they're built is bad. So I do like Erickson at Boldy and Johansson. Um, Minnesota is drawing a lot of power plays. That's where I'm kind of running into the problem with stacking Minnesota too. It's like, if they get four or five power plays here tonight, do I want to make a Minnesota stack that doesn't have Kirill Kaprizov off on it? Like, that's really what it boils down to. So like, if you want to leave Johansson off, make it a more expensive stack at Cap, add Kaprizov to Erickson and Boldy. I think that's fine. I think both Minnesota lines are both are firmly in play the way I'm building. I think I might lean more towards Minnesota too. But I really don't, considering the ownership and their price, I really don't have a huge preference over either of the Minnesota lines. I think I'll just say I'd rather play them than New Jersey tonight. Yeah, and that's a pretty good point about the Devils penalty taking penalties. And their best one of their best penalty killers is Nico Heischer, and he's out. So, yeah, you want to – I guess you can make it a power play stack, leave, leave off Johansson adding Krill, but yeah. Devils, like I, I think they're a good play tonight. It's just twenty three thousand four hundred when you can get Edmonton one for twenty two six. Let's talk about that game. Dallas Stars with a three point one total heading into Edmonton. The Oilers have a three point five total for eight hundred dollars cheaper in a home matchup against back to back Dallas. So it's probably going to be uh, Scott Wedgiewood in net. Uh, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Warren Fogel, 22,600. Now, you were dropping some knowledge in the chat, in the Discord, in the premium Discord, which you can get into if you click that link in the description below. I don't know what you're waiting for. Um, but, yeah, Warren Fogel's, uh, what was it, uh, assist cha- or what was it? You Warren, can talk, Warren contributions. Yeah, that, that was it. Yeah, it, it's just what I was talking about Um a little bit earlier, it's just assisting on a teammate scoring chance plus the ones he gets individually. Um, top another guy that's top 15 in the league, or top, I think he's 16 in the league so far to start the season. Now, it's one of those things that get double counted. So, like if Leon Dreisaitl has a scoring chance assist on a Warren Fogel scoring chance, then it that event counts twice. So, it's you'll see, you'll see Dreisaitl and McDavid at the top of the leaderboards for that reason. Um, but here's the interesting thing about Fogel like. He's a guy that usually has a really high individual expected goals rate. And what that usually indicates is that he's someone that takes a lot of shots from in and around the net. His problem is that he's typically not been a very good finisher. 
he is finishing a little bit better this season, basically better than he ever has. And maybe it's just a short spurt. Um, but there are guys like Chris Kreider is a perfect example of that. There are guys that figure out how to score more efficiently around the net. Rather, uh, Brady Kachuk's kind of turning into that rather than just whacking rebounds into the pad of the goaltenders, right? Um, there is a way to finish around the net rather than just doing that. Whether he's learning or not, I, like we'll need a much bigger sample to find out. But he's only 3,800. And it's not a terrible matchup against against Dallas. Like you said, uh, back-to-back, the Dallas top line really hasn't been that great defensively so far this season. 2.8 expected goals against per 60 minutes. That's a little bit worse than league average, actually. Um, you know, uh, Fogle and Dreisaitl have been really, really good together scoring wise, going back to last year in a sample way over 300 minutes, uh, 3.6 actual goals per 60 minutes. I kind of like Edmonton one here. I do like Dallas one as well, though. Like I, I get not wanting to play them. We bring it up every show that they're on. They just don't get a lot of ice time. Right. I think Pavelski got like 15 and a half minutes last night. Um, Jason Robinson was at like 17 and a half minutes. They're not going to play a lot. The issue here is that Edmonton is one of the most penalized teams in the NHL so far this season, uh, giving up 4.1 power plays per game, the third most in the league. It's the most of any team on the slate outside of the Los Angeles Ottawa game. Let's put it that way. So, uh, or no, that's power play. Sorry. It's Anaheim and Montreal taking more penalties, but anyways, um, it could lead to like five, four, five, six power plays for, for Dallas. And they are still a very, very good power play. So I do like Dallas one as well. I think I'd be more inclined to play them if I, if I was playing 20 max or if I had 50 lineups or a or hundred lineups or something like that here tonight, single entry. I think I'd rather just go play at five or six to 6% Edmonton top line, but I do like Edmonton one here. Yeah. And I, I don't mind dipping to Dallas uh, like two or three, because once you get past the McDavid line, it does not get better defensively. So, yeah. But another reason, if you think, oh, you know, Dallas one's a tough matchup defensively for Edmonton one, their minutes concern is a reason to play Edmonton, right? So they're, they're going to go out against every line. Like Dallas one's going to play 16, 17 minutes. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisler are going to play 23, 24 minutes. They're yeah, if, 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 if McDavid plays 17 minutes, it's because they're up 7-1. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and even then, he'll probably still play 20. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I do really like Edmonton one here tonight. We have an offer for you guys for the NBA lineup generator. You can you can get 50% off your first week, then $8.95 after that. Get winning lineups fast. So what does that get you? It's a perfect tool for building winning lineups for any DFS contest. You, you'll be able to choose between balanced builds, highly projected builds, or contrarian ones. It is really, really easy for NFL. Uh, I try to, you know, try to figure out what the chalk is going to be on Sundays for NFL. So I'll go in and I'll, I'll click, you know, uh, chalky build. That's actually a thing. You can click chalky build. And then you can run back, like, if you want to do, like, a quarterback wide receiver and run back a player from the other team, you can do that. I, I use it as a tool to see what the chalk is. And I'm sure that works for NBA as well. So you can also uh, swap your uh, players in that lineup. You can do it by salary projection ownership. Uh, play, it's it's now live. 
you can swap out a player and choose another player. Uh, you can export up to 20 lineups at a time. And you can do it for 50% off, which is under $5 for your first week. And, you know, if you want to – the lineup generator is offered in all other DFS packages, but you can get the lineup generator package exclusively for under $5 for your first week. So click that link in the description below. If you just want to give that a test run, you can do it. If you're an NBA uh, subscriber already, you probably have it. But if you want to give – the generator a test run for a week you can do it for under five dollars in the first week let's get to the main event of the evening the montreal canadiens with a 3.1 total heading into arizona the coyotes have a 3.3 total coyotes did they win last night no they did not they lost four to three i believe to the ducks in overtime on a troy terry patrick Swapped off Troy Terry because they changed the lines. You know what they say in NHL DFS, ignorance is bliss. Should have just ignored the line changes, and I would have made a lot more money. I mean, that's just kind of the way it goes, right? That is the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. But, yeah, I don't mind going back to Arizona 1 here. It's not like, you know, I don't care they're back-to-back. They're at home, and they're, and they're going up against a defensive non-juggernaut, I guess you could say. Like Montreal is poopers defensively. So going back to Arizona 1 makes a lot of sense. Montreal takes a boatload of penalties. So Arizona 1 makes a lot of sense. They are coming in pretty highly owned comparable to the slate, over 7% projected ownership. They're very good play. Now, Lawson Krauss did the work yesterday, but again, this top line, if they're if Montreal is going to give them five chances on the power play, they're going to come through. On the flip side, I do also like the Montreal top line, specifically uh, just Suzuki and Caulfield. The the thing I will note about Raphael Harvey-Pernard, you can put him on. I worry that if they get behind, he's not going to be on that line towards the second half of the game. But I think he, if Matheson does play, I think you can do like a Suzuki-Caulfield-Matheson. Yeah, I I do like Arizona one here again tonight. Um, Arizona one's expected goals numbers aren't very good. Only two and a half so far this season. Only two point four actual goals scored. They only um, that that line only has two goals at five on five on forty seven shots though. So you know they're shooting four point three percent or whatever, four point two percent. Like. The way Arizona's top line runs their offense, you won't see them taking shots from the slot. Like they actually kind of run it like Montreal does, is they look for a lot of seam passes. And if those are getting defended, like they're they might they're gonna have games where they only put up a couple shots as a line, and then that's it. Like that's just kind of the way that offense works. The nights that it does work, <laughs> um, that's when they fill the net. And as you mentioned. Montreal is uh, a team that does take a lot of penalties, the second most um, in the league so far this season, 4.9 per game. The league average is around 3.5, so uh, almost one and a half penalties more uh, power plays, sorry, uh, more per game given to the opponent. That's a lot. And Arizona is drawing the third most power plays of any team in the league, um, 4.2 per game so far this season. So Arizona could easily see four or five power plays here. Uh, the power play has been good. I do like Arizona one. It is one of those lines that's coming in single digits. As long as it stays single digits, it's a line that I will play. So um, 
you know, if you, again, if you want to take off Barrett Hayden, put on Logan Cooley or something like that, I think that's perfectly fine. But it is Arizona one that I like here. For me, it's just that Arizona two is coming in over own four, like four percent for that line. I actually don't hate it just because it's one of the few times where they actually could get a lot of power play time because they are all perfectly correlated on the second power play unit. And if Montreal does take five or six penalties or whatever here tonight, then they could see three or four minutes of power play time, even as the second unit. So I don't mind Arizona two, but it is Arizona one I like more. On the Montreal side, like I agree with you with Harvey Pinard that um, he could get moved down. I think it might be a case where it might not be because that line's playing poorly. It's because the Montreal second line is just getting absolutely ran over. Like, Slavkovsky, Newhook, and Josh Anderson have terrible defensive numbers. Like, Josh Anderson at this point in his career, that's just what he does. Like, he is a pretty good forechecker, pretty good at attacking the net, but he sucks defensively, and he drags. And Newhook, Slavkovsky weren't a good – they're a bad defensive line to begin with. So it just makes things even worse, and it might ha- they might have to make a change uh, for those reasons. So I do like uh, Montreal 1 here as well. They ran over the Vegas top line the other night. I don't know if anybody stayed up to watch that game. Wells Fargo presents one of the surest ways to grow your money. A Wells Fargo CD account where you can earn a 5.00% annual percentage yield on an 11-month term with a minimum opening deposit of $5,000. Visit a Wells Fargo branch or wellsfargo.com backslash CD rates to open a CD account and start growing your savings with us. Wells Fargo Bank, N.A., member FDIC. They beat the piss out of Eichel and Marcia Like, that's the only way to put it. They can do the same thing to Arizona. I think I would rather have Arizona, though, just because it is a much better special team matchup. I'm not sure how hardcore NHL DFS fans are, so I would assume, besides me and you watching that game, I don't think most people are going to be like, yeah, it's midnight, let's watch some abs. That's a good point. point. You raise a good point. Let's move on to the next one, the Nashville Predators with a 2.9 total heading into Seattle. The Kraken have a three total. The most expensive Seattle line in this game is their third line at 12500 Now, there isn't like a wildly expensive, like I guess if you're doing New Jersey one or Edmonton power play or something like that, yeah, you might need some stuff there. But like the Bjorkstrand, Beneers, Ty Cartier line coming in, over leverage the McCann Tolvin and Gord line coming in over leverage the Schwartz Eberle Wenberg line coming over in over leverage. Now, again, in a nutshell, I don't mind Seattle here tonight, and I don't think you need a full stack though. Like a one-off Cartier is fine. And a two-man of Beniers Bjorkstrand or Beniers Cartier Cartier Bjorkstrand, I think are fine. Again, they're coming in over own, but there's cheap enough where they let you power play stack a team that you want. Tolvin and McCann is fine. On the flip side on Nashville, like don't have a ton of interest. If anything, it would be that top line. Just like this this game feels like it's just gonna be a sludge pace. Yeah, it does. Um I'm just gonna say I don't have any interest in stacking. <laughs> like yeah. in the interest of saving some time here. Like there's just nothing here I like. Um 
Seattle really doesn't take any penalties. They're one of the least penalized teams in the league. Um, the Nashville penalty kill has been bad, but the Seattle power play, like they split their guys across like every single line going down to the fourth line. And their quote top power play unit with Beneers is actually their worst one. So, and they split the power play time. I, I like, I honestly don't have any interest in stacking either side of this game, especially like I'll bring up top stacks real quick. 1.7%, 1.3%, 0.7% top two stack percentage, three and a half percent, and then six to 7% ownership. Like I don't have interest at that, at that level. I, I just don't like, if anything, I guess I, I'm with you. I probably play the Beneers line, but I just don't have interest in stacking this game. That's one of my least favorite games. I mean, I'm not going to waste everybody's time talking about guys I don't want to play. Like, even if you wanted to stack Seattle, they have three stackable lines. So it's just like you have to pick you the right one anyway, which never happens because Seattle's an enigma and we hate them all. <laughs> they are they are a good they are a good spot to go grab like a cheap one off. Like, yeah. if you want to play at 3,800 Oliver Bjorkstrand or something as a one off, save some money. And play three two one lineup, like yeah, okay, perfect. I just I'm not three man stacking anything. Yeah, I think Bjorkstrand's a good one off. Cartier is a good one off. He's been shooting. I I prefer Bjorkstrand just because he's on the power play. Like the Seattle power play units drive me up a wall. I don't even want to talk about this game anymore. Let's move on to the next one. The Winnipeg Jets with a two point eight total heading into Las Vegas. The the, the Knights have a three point two total. Funny note for this game, I had a good chuckle. Uh, Gabriel Velarde, not anywhere close to returning, but he's on the road trip. Didn't want to miss the Vegas trip. Uh, he's with the team. Don't blame him there. Um, if this, if the flow chart was still a thing, which it is, it's still calibrating now. It's in the shop. Uh, 1.9% Winnipeg won here. I think they're a pretty sneaky GPP play. The thing is, well... I do kind of like them there. There are lines in that price range I obviously like more, but for eighteen seven under two percent projected, like I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a swirl. And I don't know if I'm gonna get there in one lineup, but if I was making three to five, I'd probably at least have one Winnipeg one here. On the flip side, Eichel Marcio Barbashev at five on five, they just haven't been it. You know what I mean? Like I guess you could power play stack here, but like I don't have a ton of interest in Vegas tonight. I certainly don't have interest in the Merrick Stone line. Um, I've been writing about them a fair bit. Like, that line just sucks. I, like, I don't know. I, I, there's no other way to put it. They've been – since Merrick Stone came back in the playoffs, like, they were bad defensively in the playoffs. We talked about this in the last show. They've been bad defensively to start this season. Um, the, that Vegas-Merrick Stone line, 40 shot attempts for for 60 minutes, 76 against. Like those, those are numbers you see on like San Jose three. You know what I mean? Like not a Mark Stone line on a defending cup champion team. Like that's, I have no idea what's going on. Somebody's got like, they have to have multiple players hurt on that line playing through it. That's basically the only thing I can come up with. Um, Vegas's top line also below average <laughs> defensively. Like you were mentioning, they have been pretty good offensively. Marcheseau isn't quite there yet. I think, He's there's something going on with him too. So I agree with you. Like, I think it's the Winnipeg side I like better. And this is why I said earlier I didn't want to play a 0.1% Carolina because you can get this line at 2% on the road in what I think is a better spot than going into New York and facing Sisterkin. Um, so 1.9% ownership on that line. Now, 
Winnipeg one is also sucked with Alex. I follow there. So like, there's just a ton of garbage all around. It's like that meme. Like uh, I live in the garbage. I love the garbage or something like that. Like this is, that's basically this game. Um, I also made a note, Mark Shifley shooting less per minute than Nick Sealer, who is a third-pair defenseman for the Philadelphia Flyers. So he's going to want to start shooting the puck a little bit more. Um, but they are getting a ton of minutes. Uh, the power play has not been good. Uh, it basically comes down to ownership. They're coming in under 2%. They're going to play 20-plus minutes. At least Kyle Connor's still shooting the puck quite a bit. And they're perfectly correlated on the power play. I, I'm... This is more about Vegas not looking that good than it is Winnipeg not looking that good. Because let's be honest, I don't think – like, it's funny because, like, Vegas has been off to a really good start record-wise so far this season. I don't think their record – I don't think they're nearly as good as their record shows. So, uh, I am more interested in the Winnipeg side. But I think this is a game where, again, I don't know if I'm going to be stacking either size. Yeah, you see the last few cup winners – making these deep playoff runs, right? And the next season, early in the season, they've been struggling out of the gate. Like Colorado out of the gate last season was a mess. Vegas has a good record, but again, their numbers scream not. <laughs> I mean, and, and like their last four games have all been one goal games and their last three have gone to overtime. So like, it's not like they're blowing teams out or anything for these wins. Yeah. They'll get there. Just not tonight. Let's get to the last game of the night, and of course it's got to be the Sharks. The Vancouver Canucks with a 3.5 total heading into San Jose. The Sharks have a 2.5 total. I was expecting Vancouver to have a lot more ownership than they do, and I think that they're going to come out come up through the day. Like You're going to tell me Elias Patterson coming off a hat trick, going into a matchup with the Sharks is going to come in at 5.5%. At 16,100. The same time, JT Miller, Brock Besser, Philip DiGiuseppe, 3% at 15,900 when you get two out of three guys on the top power play against a joker of a team right now. You know what I mean? So, like, I love Vancouver at this ownership. If it doubles, I still like them. This is a very, very good spot. On the Sharks side, like, if you are a masochist, 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 if you're a masochist and you want to feel some pain, go ahead and stack them. But like, I don't want to stay up that late and watching the sharks in my lineup. Yeah, I I'm not playing San Jose. Um, we can pass on that. Stacking Vancouver is kind of interesting here because I was looking at at the games where because you know San Jose's lost every game. There's been three games where they've given up at least five goals. No player on the opposing team has a three-point game in any of those games. Um, you have a couple two-goal games, like Tommy Novak um, had a two-goal game. I think Seth Jarvis had one when Carolina was out there. Um, but it's just teams just – it's like their lines kind of take their turns beating the beating the hell out of San Jose whenever they happen to hop on the ice. So, I I mean, I do love Vancouver here. Don't get me wrong. It's the Pedersen, Kuzmenko, uh, McKay of line I, I do like. Um since McKay have got there, 4.3 goals per 60 minutes at 5-on-5. I wrote up uh, Elias Pedersen in the picks article. Uh, again, free to read over at stochastic.com, uh, a fantastic website. Um, he's on pace for over 120. For If he was shooting half his shooting percentage, he's shooting 25% right now. If he was shooting half that, he'd still be on pace for over 120 points this season. <laughs> so, like, he is just on a tear of another sort. And the thing is, is San Jose, 
their penalty kill is not very good. They're getting saved by their goaltending, uh, save percentage around 900 by their goalies on the PK. Um, San Jose gives up a lot of power plays as well, 3.9, 3.8 times shorthanded per game. Vancouver's penalty or power play is where they, you know, where they've been making all their DFS uh, dreams come true, I suppose. Uh, that's been the case for a couple of few years now. It's it's the top line that I like the best, but I think for Vancouver, but I think it would be I'd be more inclined to make it some sort of power play stack, like make sure I get Brock Besser or make sure I get JT Miller or something like that in the lineup because um, I think if, Van- if Vancouver does have like a GPP winning score here tonight, I think it's going to be because they really do a lot of damage on the power play. But I kind of get the ownership the way some of the San Jose games have gone, but this is such a bad team. Yeah. And you're going to want to get Quinn Hughes in there too. Looks like a different player this year than he did the last few. Let's get to those defensemen. But before we do, there are uh, 165 of you in here. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure to smash that like button. It helps us out a lot. Thanks again to our sponsor, Bet365. If you deposit $10 and bet five, you get $150 in free bonus bets. So make sure to check them out. Link in the description below. Coming up after us, the NBA Deeper Dive at 5 p.m. with Josh Engelman and Adam Schur. NBA Live Before Lock with Eric Lindquist and Mike. I forget your last name, Mike. I apologize. NBA, NFL Showdown Live Before Lock at 7.15 with another trash matchup. The NFL is just a terrible product, but our NFL guys are the best. Lafayette and Neil will take you up until lock tonight. Let's talk about these defensemen. I do really like Quinn Hughes tonight, and I still think – He's underpriced at 5,800. Who are the, some other top end guys you like? Um, John Carlson, uh, again, I guess. Washington here, uh, if the Islanders penalty kill doesn't improve, it's, it seems like um, not a bad spot uh, for John Carlson. Um, also, Zach Wierenski for Columbus. Tampa Bay's own penalty kill hasn't really been that great. Um, but I'm going to be honest, I don't really like any of the super expensive defensemen here tonight. Like, Scott Mayfield coming back is probably going to hurt Noah Dobson. Um, Dougie Hamilton's on the second power play unit. Like, I guess Evan Bouchard would probably be the guy I would tell you, but it's more the mid-price guys. Like, I love Jacob Chikrin tonight. He's not really mid-priced. I think he's 5,900. But he played 27 and 28 minutes with those games without Brandstrom and Shabbat and without Zoom in the lineup. So he's going to play a ton of minutes. He can – he like, he's a guy that can put up one of those combo meals for uh, DraftKings block and shot bonuses. So I love Chikrin. Obviously, Quinn Hughes – Again, until they start pricing him in the $6,000 range, I'm going to keep playing Quinn Hughes. Like, just please, please do me a favor and price him appropriately. It would be nice. Um, if you want to go a little bit uh, lower end in that range, Jake Wallman certainly. For, he's too expensive on FanDuel. He's like 5600 on FanDuel. But uh, 4K on DraftKings at home against a Florida team that takes a lot of shots. Feels like one of those, you know, five block games coming from Jake Wallman here tonight. Uh, Mikhail Sergachev, I think, is reasonably priced as well. Vince Dunn for Seattle. I said I didn't really want to stack Seattle, and I don't, but the Nashville penalty kill hasn't been very good, and the Vince Dunn power play unit has been the better power play unit, and he's not priced up at like 6K or whatever. He's at 4,100, so I do like Vince Dunn. Uh, cheap defenseman, I think it's got to be Elias Lindholm from Boston, right? Um, he's going to Pardon me? Hampus, not Elias. Yeah, Hampus Lindholm, sorry. Um, he's going to play a ton of minutes without McAvoy there, um, McAvoy or Grizzlick. Um, Travis Hamanick, if you don't want to pay up for, you know, Sanderson or or Chikrin, um, dipping down to Travis Hamanick, I think is fine. Um, Adam Larson, if you don't want to, 
I think he's like third down to 3,500 for Seattle now. So perfectly acceptable. Under 3K, Keandre Miller, 2,900, obviously sticks out to me for the Rangers. Um, Thomas Harley, his price has come down from yesterday. Don't mind him again. Jacob Bernard Docker, I think, is the min price play du jour. Um, he had over 21 minutes for Ottawa with all those defensemen injured. I imagine he's going to be around there again, only 2,500 on DraftKings. Yeah, Keontre Miller has been playing over 20 minutes a night. Um, yeah, he's a perifer guy. Um, the one, what are, what are your thoughts on Goulet? Because he's been playing like 25 minutes, even with Matheson. He's 4,100. Yeah, I don't mind it. It's just because of the minutes that he's playing. That's yeah. the thing. It, like, if he was playing 21 minutes for 4,100, I, I, I wouldn't have a problem. But the thing is, is like in that 4K range, like you have a um, Hampus Lindholm, what, 3,700. You have Jake Wallman, 4K. You have um, like Vince Dunn, 4,100, like I talked about. Like, there are just a bunch of guys there in that range that I like. So it's not like Gooley doesn't stand out for that reason. Yeah, if you can't afford uh, Hampus Lindholm, Shattenkirk is 3,300 as well. So don't mind him. Let's talk about some goalies. Dr. Demko, most expensive on the board at 8,500 if he starts. There's legitimate upside, like shutout upside for Demko. Like the Sharks have nine goals in nine games. Yeah, they've already been shut out, what, two, three times this year? At least twice, because yeah. they were shut out twice in the last three games. So, yeah, I, I like, I almost never go above 8K for goalies just on the way I build my lineups. But if I have 8,500 left, I'll play Demko. Uh, don't mind Logan Thompson up there either. I only, who's starting for Matt Tompkins is starting for the Lightning. He couldn't beat out Jonas Johansson for the job. That's all I'll say about that. Um, Connor Ingram against Montreal, 7,900. I don't mind. Igor Shesterkin against Carolina at home. Who are you liking for the cheap guys? I mean, like Igor Igor was the one that stood out, 7,900. Darcy Kemper was the guy I wrote up in the picks article. Like the Islanders haven't been able they, – they're like Calgary yesterday. Like we talked about – in my article, I talked about Jake Ottinger getting a lot of shot volume, but Calgary can't finish. That's basically what happened. The Islanders are – kind of like East Coast Calgary right now. So uh, don't mind Darcy Kemper as long as he starts 7,500. Um, cheap guys on the road, like both uh, Saros and Hellebuck um, are on the road, 7,200 and 7K respectively, I think. Yep. If I'm paying way down, it's going to be one of those two. Like if you're going to give me two, like those are two of the best goalies on the planet priced really, really cheap. Not necessarily great spots for either, I don't think. But at that price, you know, you don't necessarily need them to hit the shot bonus either. So uh, Saros or Hellbuck, I'm paying down. Yeah. I I don't mind Jake Allen either if he starts the NHL leader in goals saved above expected so far this season. Okay. In GPPs, he okay. has, he's 7,300. Arizona's a pretty high-volume team, so we'll ride the lightning with some Jake Allen. I probably won't get there, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention it because I'll get the question in discord from Haas. You wouldn't kick Allen tonight, bro. And yeah, I don't mind it. <laughs> for some of that golden corral presentation. Who are you looking for your hat trick pick? The guy that's returning from injury here tonight. I'm going to go with Matt Boldy from Minnesota. My man. I knew that was coming. I'm going McLovin. Warren Fogle. Ooh, I like that. 
It'd be nice if he pulled that off. Like he's a he's a player I kind of, I've always enjoyed watching. He's just never been able to put put it together offensively. Hopefully he he was a key cog in the come for the expected goal, stay for the shutout, Carolina Hurricanes. So we will be back on Saturday. There's only a two game slate tomorrow. Like the NHLs in their classic 15-2, 14-3. It evens out. It gets better. Um, we will be back on Saturday. There is a monster slate on Saturday, 15 games, but I think 13 of them are on the main slate. So we'll be back on Saturday. Make sure to smash the like button on the way out. And good luck, everybody, tonight. Good luck tonight, everyone. <laughs>